0: Welcome to The Porch here on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red-letter basics. By examining the Word of God and especially the Book of Acts Church, we see how the early church served the Lord so that we can follow their example. The Porch Online Bible Study has always taken a deeper look into their service to the kingdom of God. Our desire is to find and restore the priesthood of the believer and regain the world-shaking influence of the early church. We dig deeper into Scripture and we find the church the Lord intended and not the one that man created. There is a difference. The church age is not over. And what happened in the upper room is as much for today as it was on the day of Pentecost. If you know that there's more to your spiritual walk with Yeshua, with Jesus of Nazareth, and you want more then you're welcome to join us on this journey as we get back to basics. If you have any questions, visit firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button, or write us at the porch, lowercase one word, at firefalltalkradio.com. If you'd like to support what we do, go to firefalltalkradio.com. At the bottom of the homepage, there are ways to do that. Reach out to us if you need more information. We appreciate your support and encouragement for those of you that do, and welcome to all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms. First of all, thank you. Thank you for being a part of The Porch. I appreciate this. I love coming here every week to spend this time with you. If you need prayer or you want to pray for others in The Porch community, just reach out to us, let us know. We'll connect you into the process. And remember, we care about you. May not know your name, but you get prayed for. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you listen, as well as on social media, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. There are links on the main site webpage for all of those. So, Father, we come to you now in the name of Yeshua, the name above all name. We pray names. We praise you. We praise you. And we love you and we acknowledge you as Abba, Papa, Daddy. You loved us when we were unlovable. You made a way for us where there seemed to be no way after Adam did what he did. But you knew. You knew that someday you'd send Yeshua to pay for our sins so that we could be reconciled to you. That is never to be taken for granted and diminished in our minds or our hearts. Thank you, Lord, Adonai, for doing what we would never have been able to do, for shedding the blood, paying for our sins. But then you rose from the dead. You sit at the right hand of the Father. You sent back the Holy Spirit to walk with us, to teach us, to guide us, and allow us to sit with you in the heavenly places. If any of my brothers and sisters do not know that feeling, I pray that Holy Spirit, you'd show them the way. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us, encouraging us, walking with us, teaching us. Thank you. Thank you for all the things we have. The technology for me to do this, our homes, roof over our heads, all the things that you've given us, Lord, they all come from you. We thank you for our families, our loved ones, for those that aren't saved. We offer them up to you, Lord, saying, send someone, send an angel. We call them into the kingdom. Protect everything we have, protect us, our homes, our lands, our families, our our pets, our possessions. Don't let the enemy have any access to us. It's all under your covering, your Psalm 91 covering. It's all under your guidance, your power, and your control. Though we live in a fallen world, we're in this world. We're not of this world. So we thank you for doing that for us. We thank you for our families, our loved ones. You did so much for me, Lord, in giving me back everything I threw away. I pray that others would come to know you that way. If anyone's listening, Lord, and they've walked away or wandered, or maybe they don't fully know you, I pray that in the process of hearing your word and the sound of my voice, they would find you while you can still be found. So we just pray all these things. We touch and we agree in Yeshua's name. If you agree with me, say amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted. The information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive; cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. Okay, get those Bibles open, take notes, follow along. Be prepared to share it with others. Be able to look at it when you need to, because you never know when the time comes that. We won't have access to technology. We're back on track for being fruitful. Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. This is the New King James Version. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. The New Living Translation says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within us accomplishes is love and joy, which is gladness, peace, and patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, and faithfulness. The ninefold fruit of the Spirit. We've already talked about the first three, love, joy, and peace. Now we're going to talk about long-suffering, which is patience, kindness, goodness, and benevolence. Three clusters of three is the way I describe it. That first cluster, the love, joy, and peace is internal. It's fruit offered to us supernaturally. The ones we're talking about tonight, long-suffering, kindness and goodness is external. It's fruit we offer to others inspired by the Spirit. So these, these three are in a trio. They're in a triad together. And they manifest themselves in our relationships with others, as opposed to the first three showing up more in our relationship with God. Living in a fallen world, it's not always easy instead to choose to not be provoked or to retaliate, but to endure the sufferings and choose to love others. That's not what the world wants. It doesn't want you to show this fruit. And I'll say this, do not be embarrassed. Be fruitful. Show the Lord. Glorify His name. If you are embarrassed about the Lord before men, He'll be embarrassed about you before his Father. Don't hold back. I mean, don't be obnoxious either. Don't be a Bible thumper and knock people around, but be bold enough to show them who you are in him. See, a lack of fruit in a believer's life shows a diminishing or even lack of a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You cannot walk this walk without the power and the presence of his Holy Spirit in your life. When it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, you can't create it on your own. You can't make it happen. They are produced by the Spirit alone. And do not depend upon external or natural circumstances. And that's probably why so many in the church have none. They're constantly trying to do it on their own or through programs or plans or things they've been told. It's completely supernatural. Romans 14, 17 tells us, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You know, when you come to the Lord, when you make him Lord of your life, and you get filled with the Holy Spirit, everything changes. Your behavior changes. Your mind changes. Your thoughts change. I find that people that cannot get delivered from a bondage have not given up control. They've not allowed the Holy Spirit to take over in their life. Second Corinthians, second Corinthians, that was easy for you to say, Richard, I know, thank you second corinthians thirteen eleven Paul says, finally, brethren, farewell, be complete, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Our behavior produces something in our life, it either produces. The fruit of the flesh or the more desired fruit of the spirit. So we're talking about long-suffering, which is also seen as patience. Patient endurance to bear along with frailties and offenses, injuries and the provocation of others without murmuring or resentment. Patience is the ability to bear the imperfections of others through a knowledge of our own imperfections and our own need for God's mercy and forgiveness. I find for me this is not always easy. Sometimes the Lord's got to remind me, be thankful I didn't treat you that way. But it's a sign of knowing him. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. It is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Yes, they read that at weddings, but that's about love, agape love, kingdom love. That's why the word iniquity, sin's mentioned in there. Second Corinthians 6, 4 through 6. But in all things, we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, which was beatings, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love. Over and over, we see a pattern in the New Testament a pattern of behavior, the behavior that leads us to being productive in this world, productive in the kingdom. Ephesians 4, verses 1 and 2. so about walking in unity. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, and he meant that literally, he was in prison, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, Bearing with one another in love. So do you think the early church had a problem with this? Paul keeps mentioning it. He keeps bringing it up. Colossians 1, starting verse 10. says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. For all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. When we walk, In the Spirit with the Spirit producing fruit. First of all, it keeps the fruit of the flesh from happening, but it makes us distinctive from the world and reveals the character of the new man. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as messiah forgave you so you must also do that was colossians 3 12 and 13 if the church meaning us not the building not a place you go sit if you do that we are the church and if we're going to be the church then we got to produce the fruit of the spirit and we have got to listen to what paul is saying yeah, i have been thinking Yes, I was. I do think. I was thinking about this today as I worked on this. Thinking how easy it should be and how difficult it is. And it's no wonder the world isn't changed. We have fallen for the tricks of the enemy. We have allowed the enemy to trip us up and to poke us and provoke us to act out. In ways that are not glorifying to the Lord. Second Timothy four verses two through five. Preach the word, he tells Timothy. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. You gotta be patient, he's saying, Be patient with the sheep, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. I can tell you personally, it's very frustrating to see how easily the flock is fooled how easily they seek out these false teachers and preachers and these ear ticklers. They don't want a pure word. They're not hungry for the word you are, otherwise you wouldn't be here. But the fact is, got to keep going. You have to be patient. You have to endure and, and do what the Lord says do to fulfill the calling on your lives. Next is kindness. The Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary says kindness is translated from the Greek word usefulness, benefic- beneficence. It, this word can destra- describe gentleness, goodness, uprightness, generosity, and graciousness. It describes kindness. As an attribute of God, That's something I did not know as a child. I was, I was shown not a loving God, but a vengeful, angry God. But He's a kind God. Otherwise, He would have not had Yeshua pay our debt. Kindness is the willingness to give to others above and beyond what we even owe them or what they deserve. Titus 3, verses 3 through 5. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of our God, our Savior, the love of God, our Savior, the kindness and the love, Toward man appeared not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the holy spirit kindness is a characteristic of true love remember love doesn't love suffers long and is kind The Lord's people should possess kindness and not refuse to dispense it to others. Again, the world doesn't want that. The enemy doesn't want that. It doesn't want that example. It doesn't want people to look at the church and go, "Um, why aren't we more like them? Instead of looking at us saying, hey, they're really more like us. Ephesians four thirty two be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Messiah forgave you. That's the thing about forgiveness. You can't withhold it. You can't grit your teeth. Matthew five seven Blessed are the merciful, for they are shall obtain mercy. We've talked about this before on the porch, but you you have a spiritual bank account. If you offer no mercy, when the time comes to draw on that account, there'll be no mercy. This is one of those reciprocal things that if you don't do it, there's none there for you. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. That's not what we're shown in the media. No, we're shown put downs and sarcasm. Are promoted and rewarded. The message of kindness is not sellable in Hollywood. Oh, you'll get some things, but it's not. It's not bankable. It isn't cool to be kind. Well, sadly, at the time of judgment, Messiah will reward those who have shown kindness to others. Matthew 25, verses 34 and 36. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Your life, your choices, your actions are being recorded. They're being recorded in heaven. They're being recorded in your DNA. Everything you've said, everything you've done, everything you've thought, everywhere you've been, You'll give an account for. Therefore, if you've got any outstanding debts with the Lord, put them under the blood. Repent of any sins of omission or commission. You've forgotten or you did. doesn't matter. Repent. End your day in repentance. Don't take the chance. Don't give the enemy an opening in your life. His grace is still amazing, but the enemy's eyesight on those things is too. He sees openings. He sees the cracks. He sees the parts of your armor that have come apart. They're no longer sealed together. 2 Corinthians 6, starting in verse 3. A lot of scriptures. that all ties to this. And like I said before, you can download the recording on get all the scriptures, keep notes. You should be taking notes. This is not for you to be entertained. This is not for you to just listen and then walk away and think, okay, I've had a nice meal. No, no, no. Savor this meal. Save it. Have leftovers. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 3 through 10. We give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blamed. But in all things we commend ourselves as ministers to God in much patience, in tribulations, in needs, and distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, sleeplessness, in fasting, by purity, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love. And this keeps going. I know I read this before, but now we're going to keep going. By the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. You have Bibles, open them, feast on them, read them, see where the Spirit wants to take you every day. Good Devotionals are great. They're great for drive-bys, they're great for, okay, let me just get a little bit before, until I can sit down with the Word. The day's coming and now is where you will not survive without a strong Spirit Without the knowledge of the word in your mind, and your heart, on your lips, without the name of Yeshua, Jesus of Nazareth, always available, without the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the power thereof, you will not make it. Psalm 31, verse 21. Blessed be the Lord, for he has shown me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. Do you do that? Do you sit around? Do you sit with the Lord and remember what he's done for you and thank him, talk to him, spend time with him? I know for some of you that are newer listeners or newer in the faith, that may be a a difficult thing. You haven't gotten it yet. Take your time. When you pray, speak and then wait and listen. Your hearing will become fine-tuned. You'll start to hear And you'll start to realize that's his voice, not mine. Especially when he says things you really didn't want to hear. Then you'll know that was him. That lines up with the word. That is there to correct you, but to bring you to a higher level with him. We're constantly growing. We're constantly knowing. We're constantly receiving. That's why I believe you're here every week. You want to receive. You want to fill in those areas of your life that are empty. You want to take those walls of your temple, and if there's any areas where the mortar's a little loose or a crack may have happened or the weather's beating it down, it'll get filled in, it'll get smoothed off, and you'll be able to make it through another week. You'll be able to make it through the storm that's coming, maybe the one that you're in. Blessed be the Lord, for he has shown me his marvelous kindness. I'm a living, breathing, walking, talking testimony to that. 2 Peter 1, verses 5 through 8. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self control, to self control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Say all the fruit keep popping up everywhere we go. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, Adonai, Yeshua, Hamashiach. Think about the fruit this way. It's a vine. We know that. He's, he's the vine where the branches. But it's a vine that can grow anywhere. It can grow wild. Everywhere you go, you can produce fruit. That fruit's always available to you. It's always available to others. Be fruitful in your faith. Let your faith help you to expand the vineyard, to grow more, to share more. That's what this is all about. It's furthering the kingdom. Setting the captives free. Living out Luke 4.18, for me anyway. 1 John three sixteen and 17. It's about the outworking of love. By this we know love. Because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? It doesn't. John was asking a question he knew the answer to. It was a rhetorical question. We have become very cold and callous The world's made us that way. Pain has made us that way. Rejection has made us that way. Being taken advantage of and having things done to us has made us that way. When we're told not to be that way, don't let that happen. But God, who is rich in his mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Messiah, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Messiah Yeshua, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Messiah Yeshua. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Messiah Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2 verses 4 through 10. Over and over and over. We're just, we're just taking Galatians five twenty two and 23. And extrapolating it outward. And we're tying scripture upon scripture and thought upon thought, line upon line, precept upon precept. We're seeing this tapestry of the word tying us into a greater, bigger picture and a bigger understanding and a bigger calling. There's so much more he wants from us that he's not getting. Then you have goodness, being benevolent. It's an active goodness. The Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible says, goodness is the translation of a Greek word that includes the idea of generosity. You see how they build upon one another, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, kindness, goodness. One right after the other, they all fit together. Goodness is a disposition and of character, of di- character and virtue, it's primarily a result of walking in the Spirit. It took me a long time to get this, and I'm not saying I even have it now. I don't. Each time we work on these Bible studies and do this together, not just me doing the study during the day, but then speaking it out loud at night, I hear things, I see things. But walking in the Spirit is the only way we can walk in a fallen world. Galatians 6.10 Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. He's talking about fruit in Galatians 5, and then we see in Galatians 6, he explains what it is. Now remember, he didn't write in chapters and verse. He just wrote letters. Wrote what the Spirit put upon his heart. According to the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, the thought of God as good and the prominence given to good and goodness are distinctive features of the Bible. In the passage quoted above from Galatians 5.22, goodness is one of the fruits of the indwelling of the Spirit of God. And then in Ephesians 5 9, it's described as being along with righteousness and truth, the fruit of the light. Galatians 5 8 through 10 says this For you were once darkness. Boy, did I know that. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Not acceptable to you, not acceptable to traditions or what the world wants from you or any of those things. What's acceptable to him? See, here and everywhere else we've been so far, we're reminded that the life of a believer is in its truth is likeness to god the source of perfection and all good god expresses himself his goodness in us and through us you know it's amazing how when you when you look at the the new testament the gospels the letters the focus is on behavior The focus is on love. Yes, we've, we've talked about the armor of God. We've talked about spiritual warfare. But over and over and over, it's about a body that is different, that is full of light, is power comes from love, not from anger, not from hatred, 2 Thessalonians 1.11, with this in view, we constantly pray for you, that our God may deem and count you worthy of your calling, and his gracious, is every gracious purpose of goodness, and with power may complete in your every particular work of faith, faith which is that leaning of the whole human personality on God, in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, wisdom. And here it is, goodness, meaning may He give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith in Him prompts you to do. Our trust is in Him. Our hope is in Him. Our life is in Him. I think we stumble so much in this and fail, if you will, if you want to call it failure, is because we're living our life and not his. We're walking in our life, not his. We want what we want as little children. We go, well, we know that's what you want, but I'd really rather do this. He wants Isaac, his perfect will, and we're willing to settle for Ishmael's, his permissive will. That never works out well. Goodness in man is not a mere passive quality, but the deliberate preference of right to wrong, the firm and persistent resistance of all moral evil, and the choosing and following of all moral good. I read this story. I want to share it with you. One night during an evangelistic meeting, a paralytic was wheeled down the aisle and placed near the platform. In the preliminary part of the service, the worship leader caught sight of him and asked, what is your favorite hymn? He immediately answered, count your blessings. There was no wail of complaint from the handicapped man. Just a vivid sense of the goodness of God. Our submissiveness to God spells satisfaction for our lot on earth. This is the lesson of this beatitude. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. This paralytic is surely heir to a greater part of earth than many a millionaire. Meekness in this case is a power. The power to feel satisfaction with what God gives. The power not to merely endure, but to enjoy it to the fullest and use it for his purpose. See, we never know completely what God is doing. We never understand. We just, we see dimly. We We don't have good eyesight when it comes to these things. I share this with Larry today. It's about God's unimaginable good. It says God is up to something so big. Now listen to me, some of you that have been waiting. God is up to something so big, so imaginably good, that your mind cannot contain it. What we see God doing is never as good as what we don't see. That was from Ben Patterson in Christianity for today, 1997, on waiting. God is up to something bigger than what we can see. Our mind cannot comprehend it. Why? Because goodness in God is a part of his character. Nahum 1.7, The Lord is good a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. Psalm 145, verse 8. Do you believe that? Well, you're just listening to me right now going, yeah, that sounds good. I've heard this before. Not sure if I believe it. Well, I do. Even when things aren't going my way or going the way I thought they should or would or could. I know that his choices are better. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what the fullness of time is. Doesn't mean I'm not frustrated. Doesn't mean I don't wonder. But I don't wonder about him. I know that he's good. Because our Heavenly Father's goodness appears over and over in two things giving and forgiving. Psalm 34, verse 8 oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. But all this isn't just about sitting and listening. This isn't just about being religious. If you're abiding in Messiah, if you're living in Messiah, then you are reproducing yourselves in thousands of instances when you're completely unaware of it. That's why that scripture I used before, let us not grow weary while doing good, that's real easy to do. You see doing good and it's unappreciated, it's thrown back in your face. Uh, just do no, 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 in due season we'll reap if we don't lose heart. The enemy wants you to lose heart. The enemy wants you to stop. Don't stop. In the case for faith by Lee Strobel, he said that the believers, the Christians of the early church, managed to convert so many to the faith because of their kindness. They loved the unloved. They cared for the ostracized and the imitated the Lord. I've learned that in dealing with the homeless. I've learned that in dealing with people that are broken or, or in bondage. You don't have to tell them that they're broken and in bondage. They know that. What they need is somebody to love them even that way. He loved us when we were unlovable. Why can't we offer it to others? When the people of that day saw that the saw that, when they saw that the church did that, they wanted the same love. They wanted the same hope. They wanted that joy. They wanted the peace that the Book of Acts Church showed the world. And I'm saying it's not here today. Some places get it. Some groups get it. But for the most part, they don't. They're caught up in religion. They're caught up in personalities. They're caught up in denominations. They're listening to people that they shouldn't be listening to Preachers and teachers and leaders that shouldn't be in those positions, that have no conviction. See, Timothy had hope. Timothy had conviction. Timothy had a calling, but he was dealing with the church. The leaders were older than he was. He was in his early 30s. And after the explosion of First Timothy, we have the implosion of 2 Timothy. And you know what Paul does? He, he encourages him to stay the course. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with a pure hearts. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. The servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. To be able to teach, be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap for they've been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Being in leadership is not easy. Being in ministry is not easy, and you can't respond emotionally. You can't get caught up in arguing with people. I've learned that now, but when I was a younger believer and knew at this, I wanted to argue. I wanted to show them they were wrong. I wanted to forcefully, if necessary, help them to be right. I'm not saying I don't care. I just have no desire to argue anymore. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. It's the spirit that's going to show it to you, and you're going to choose to listen and accept and do it. I can't do anything about it. That's why arguing about politics and all this other worldly stuff, I don't care. Oh, I pay attention. I'm concerned about the direction of this country, but I can't change anything. I can't control the outcome. But I can control my faith, I can control my prayer life, I can control how much time I spend in the Word and how much fruit I allow the Spirit to produce through me, and I can control how much I care. Working on this today, especially after being away from talking about the fruit for two weeks, really struck home in a lot of areas. And a lot of places of frustration, about to mention one here, third John verses five through eleven John says, "Dear friend, you are being faithful to God when you care for the travelling preachers who pass through, even though they're strangers to you. They have told the church here of your loving friendship, please continue providing for such leaders." In a manner that pleases God for the travelling for the Lord, and they accept nothing from people who are not believers, so we ourselves should support them so that we can be their partners as they teach the truth. I wrote to the Church about this, but Diotrophes, who loves to be a leader and refuses to have anything to do with us, when I come, I will report some of the things he is doing, the evil accusations he's making against us, not only does he refuse to welcome the traveling preachers, he also tells others not to help them. And when they do help, he puts them out of the church. Dear friend, don't let this bad example influence you. Follow only what is good. Remember that those who do good prove that they're God's children, and those who do evil prove that they do not know God. We should take care of one another, And I know some of you from talking to you, you're tired of being ripped off. You've seen the hypocrisy of the church. You've seen the manipulation of the tithe and all that goes with it. Got it. Understand that. But that doesn't mean when when God has real people teaching and preaching and ministering, that that bitterness should keep you from supporting and helping them and i wish there was a way to better control all that but it's been going on since the beginning of the church people preaching the gospel for gain ripping people off but i do know this that there's power in goodness romans 12:21 do not overcome do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good let me say that again Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You can't fight fire with fire and set everything on fire and burn it all down. We overcome evil with good. We overcome hate with love. In the middle of chaos, we help bring order. By the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of the Lord. out of our personal relationship between us and Messiah come the fruits of holy living. You can't do this by yourself. Some of you are struggling, and I mean really struggling badly, and you know that, and you want to see a change, and you want to see something different, but you're trying to do it on your own. It can't be done. The vine does not bear fruit of itself. It bears the fruit through the branches and the sap that flows through the vine to the branches and then the person that tends the vineyard. Our unconscious influence becomes far more fruitful than our conscious influence. We have got to let him have control. And I'm speaking to me. I'm not just talking and teaching to you. This is for me, too. And if it's for no one else, it's just for me. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. I need this. I need the Word. I need the Spirit. I need the Lord. I am so desperately needy. I need the Lord. I need His hope. I need His favor. I need his blessings. Nothing he has called me to do can I manifest on my own, nor would I try to. And I've seen people do it. Well, for me to do this, I'll just go get that loan, or I'll borrow this, or I'll do it that way. No, 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 no. Can't do that. Because then it's not him. It's coming from the world and a fallen world system that at any moment, could pull the legs out from under you. Someone has said that the difference between a mere optimist and a Christian optimist is that the former lives by the principle that life is good and the latter lives by the principle that God is good. Good. God is good. Everything about him is good. Not everything good is God. We've got to learn the difference. That's that Isaac Ishmael thing. But everything about God is good. So to find a life that abounds in the fruit that is pleasing to the Lord, we've got to believe that. Right now, when you look at your life, do you believe that God is good? Or are you being deceived, being influenced? Living that life is what gives him his greatest joy. When the whole body of Messiah lives instinctively through his Holy Spirit, then the world is made conscious of his divine leadership over his church. I don't live for the world in that regard. I just pray and hope that by me living the way he's called me to live, I'm a witness to somebody. That the faith I've had and held on to, the walk I've attempted, and even if I failed and had to get up and skin my knees and been bandaged and had patches put on my pants like when I was a kid and I fell a lot. You got to keep going. Wherever you are in your walk right now, keep going. If you fell, get up. We all join in prayer for you right now. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, be healed be be cleansed, be made whole, keep going, finish the race. Because hope is laid up for us in heaven. The truth of the gospel, your belief, has allowed you to bring forth fruit because you've heard and know the grace of God in truth. So that's why, getting back to a scripture I used before, so we've not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. And we ask that God give you complete knowledge of his will, to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. First of all, I'm praying over you right now. I shouldn't have to tell you that, but I'm speaking this word, but I'm, I'm speaking to you. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. And we also pray that you'll be strengthened with all his glorious power so you have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, all the patience and endurance you need with joy, always thanking the Father, saying, Thank you, Abba. For he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom with his blood and forgave our sins. The fruit of the Spirit is us becoming more like him. Everywhere he went, they had Fruit to feast on Second Corinthians three eighteen, but we are all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And as I mentioned before from Matthew twenty five, verses thirty one through forty four, read it on your own, we will be judged by the fruit we produce. Yeshua said that those that inherit his kingdom will be identifiable by their charity, by their love, by their mercy, what they did for others. They served the hungry, the thirsty, the foreigners, the naked, the sick, and the prisoners. The king's people do these things not to gain entrance to the kingdom, but because they love the king and have been transformed into his likeness. And this is not the social gospel. Don't think that's what I'm saying. Loving the poor and the broken is just one expression of who we are in Messiah. But remember, these are the fruit of the Spirit. We must be planted and exposed to the light. Darkness, The darkness of this world starves the fruit of its nutrients and instead produces the fruit of the flesh. I say then, walk in the Spirit. If we're going to produce the fruit, we must open ourselves up fully to the light, to the glory of the Lord, the glory of God. That active, powerful, living presence of the Holy Spirit in us as believers produces the Lord's virtues, produces good fruit. So when it comes the Holy Spirit-filled living, in the grace of God, always remember this. You can't. God never said you could. He can. And he said he would. Father, we thank you for that, for doing it for us. Lord, we thank you for the sending the Spirit to walk with us. We thank you for developing us and, and digging the ground and walking with us in our mistakes and our messes. Right now, I just pray for everyone listening, including myself. Let your glory shine down upon us. Drive off all the darkness, all the attachments, all the things that the enemy would try to do to destroy our fruit, all the weeds in our garden, all the bugs, all the, all the destructive elements of this fallen world and the demonic kingdom of darkness. Right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, let anything that would destroy your fruit be gone from our lives. Turn your spirit loose in us and on us, Lord. Let us glorify you in everything we do. I pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord, may Adonai make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall, Talk Radio.